everybody, and welcome back into the Media Tavern. My name is Eric. This right here is Todd Stanton. Todd, how you doing? Great. How are you, man? Doing well, buddy. I'm doing well. Glad to see you again. Glad to see you. Uh, if you don't know what we do here at the Media Tavern, this is just a breezy place where we talk about whatever we're watching, whatever we're listening to, whatever we're reading, whatever's going on. Uh, Todd and I like to talk about stuff, so we figured we'd put together a show and let you in on it. Yeah, let's uh, let you know. We figure, uh, you know, let us entertain you with our words of wisdom, our logic, and our banter that in. goes on endlessly. So yes, we are. We figured, why not? So yeah. anyway, uh, Todd, uh, I am digging the shirt you're wearing today. What's oh, going on? Well, it's I, there is a reason. Uh, oddly enough, you and I did not plan this, but you are wearing the rival. I'm wearing a Beatles shirt. Um, it's actually the 1969 rooftop uh, concert shirt. I got this off Amazon. I thought it was pretty cool. Because um, I'm love- rocking a Rolling Stones shirt here today. Yeah, so yeah, you're wearing the Rolling Stones. So I mean, th- those are kind of like two band rivals, I guess. I guess in fans' minds, not necessarily the bands weren't really rivals um, in real life. They were friends and all that kind of stuff. But do, what what do you? What's your preference? I mean, you like and you you can side. It's okay. I know you're a music guy and you travel and tour and you want to act like you don't want to pick sides when it comes to music because all music is equal and blah blah blah. Don't give me that. Do would you prefer? Beatles or Rolling Stones, if you had a chance okay. to maybe. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you the unpopular opinion of all time, and that is I love both bands. God, see, I knew you were going to do that. That's I know. Exactly. I can't help it, dude. I'm not that guy. Exactly. Like, Super so, unpopular. Because they are so different. Okay. I, now I'm going to force you. Here we go. Both bands have come back to life, and they're, you can only go see one. Here is your ticket. Choose your destiny. Oh, I would definitely go see the Beatles. There you go. All right. So because I've already seen the Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. Hey, we played the Cavern Club. My band played at the Cavern Club once. Really? Yeah. Uh, just so everybody amazing. knows, uh, t- t- talk to your, talk to everybody about your band. I'm in a band called Five Horse Johnson. I play occasionally with a band called Clutch, but Five Horse Johnson is my that's my bread and butter and we've toured the world and done stuff, but we played the cavern club once. That's, it was pretty cool. Five horse so, Johnson was your main band. And then clutch was like, a we, I was just a side guy. I sat in side for guy. a couple of years with clutch. Yeah. Five horse Johnson. You that you're like, band. you're like lead singing it in what clutch. No, 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 no. Oh. They have a very popular, famous lead singer named Neil Fallon, who needs no help. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I just was brought in as a harmonica guy for okay. a couple of years and I recorded like, I don't know, two albums with them. Oh. It was pretty awesome. Uh, I flew out to LA and recorded at sound city studios, which is a really famous studio. Nice. Yeah. I uh, got to tour the world with those guys in a bus <clears throat> and uh, go. We went to Australia much times, went all over Europe, went all the United States for a couple of years. It was great. But mainly my band five horse Johnson was where I, I came from. I've been doing that for my most of my adult life. We started touring Europe back in the turn of the century, and we've toured Europe probably, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 times at least, wow. and been from Scandinavia down to, like, the, you know, you can see Africa. We were down so far in Spain. We've been all through England, all the way over to Croatia, Slovenia, anywhere in between. And uh, we released, like, eight, nine albums and um, I'm the harmonica player and singer. We're like a rough, tough blues band. And right, we, we're right here in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, and uh, we just started touring and never stopped. And then for a while, I took some time off from that and went out with that band Clutch. And then uh, after I got back from doing that, we had a kid and um, I went back to college. And um, so, you know, I'm still a musician, but I am also a video guy and a whatever else a podcaster that's and podcaster man yeah, yeah. well that's so, great man that's that is quite the uh career to be uh i'm sure you're really proud of that i mean those yeah it's days. been great man yeah. I, I got to do all sorts of cool stuff and you do all that cool stuff traveling the world with your like best friends you know what i mean so it's yeah. not even like you, you I've, I've seen everything that you could possibly almost see in the world i mean at least in the western world and um it's been great you know i mean i've 
I've, I've gotten a chance to see a lot of stuff, you know, um, any major city that you can think of, I've probably been there, you know, like Paris or Madrid or Barcelona or Zagreb or, you know, whatever, London, I mean, New York or whatever. And uh, we played there. And uh, so, yeah, got to play the Cavern Club once. That was cool. Played CBGBs a bunch of times, uh, you know, got to play the Roxy in L.A. a couple of times. And wow. so, I've, you know, I've, I've had some good luck. Played the Wiltern Theater in L.A. and uh, I don't know, lots of famous places, St. Andrews Hall and in uh, Detroit and stuff. So, yeah, been, been a good been, been a fun ride. Very, very cool, man. Very cool. Well, I'm glad I am honored to be doing this show with you because you were like this international superstar. Oh, my goodness. You have incredibly low standards, but incredibly high praise. That is very nice. Thank you. Ridiculous. All right. But so that we don't get too far off on our tangents, which we can do so easily. um, The reason I'm wearing this shirt today is because it ties in with the movie that we are going to be discussing today. Do you know that tie-in? Uh, yes, I believe that Daniel Craig was in the Beatles for a short period of time. Is that right? Yes, that yes. Well, when okay. Paul was killed, um, yeah, when Paul died, uh, they replaced him with Daniel Craig. But a lot of people don't know that. So, and then there was a brief period of time where Paul McCartney was in the running to be James Bond, which was yes. a wild. That was yes. a wild turn. And that's why no he did. Uh, that's why he did Live or Let Die because he decided oh. he didn't want to be James Bond, and he said, "You know what? I'll just give you this song." So, I'll, I'll give you. I yeah, never mind. I was going to do a Paul McCartney impression, <laughs> but I'm not going to try. Um, so yeah, we're, today we're talking about the movie Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Finger quotations, uh, which. The, the director Ryan Johnson hates that thing. By the way, that tag. I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up too, but I also wanted to make that connection with the Beatles. Yes. If you're not a Beatles fan, there was a song called "Glass Onion" on the White Album, and it's actually the last song. It's the credit song of this movie. But yeah, and we'll get to there. Yes, but uh, so "Glass Onion" is a movie that was released in the theaters for about a week and then it's a netflix production and netflix made this movie they signed an overall deal with ryan johnson after knives out came out and uh, i believe they made a three movie deal including knives out i think so there'll be at least one more oh knives out is part of the three movie deal i think i know that it's a three movie deal so there'll at least be one more uh knives out mystery in the works i wasn't aware of that either but I think Glass Onion is sort of the flagship Netflix first one. Uh, and it played in the theaters for a little bit. My mom actually went and saw it in the theater the week it was there, and she loved it. So so suffice it to say, it is a uh, murder mystery movie uh, starring Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. Uh, the bad guy that we need to know about is Edward Norton as Miles Braun, which is sort of like a millionaire, imaginary character, kind of in the lines of like Elon Musk. And then we've got... Um, Janelle Monet, who plays two main characters, Helen and Andy, twin sisters. Uh, it's kind of a twisty plot we would never be able to discuss, but I really do want to know, Todd, without going into it, let's go ahead and not worry about Please be aware we will be spoiling the shit out of this. But uh, <laughs> what uh, what were your impressions of Glass Onion, buddy? My impressions? Um, well, let, let me tell you right off the bat that I'm – not really a murder mystery ensemble kind of guy. Like I liked, I liked knives out. Um, and you know, uh, my mom used to watch, uh, Agatha Christie, you know, movies and all that kind of stuff and murder. She wrote, and you know, all that kind of, those kind of shows. I never yeah. really got into them though. Uh, you know, they're, they're mildly entertaining to me, but I, 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 um, I'm a simpleton when it comes to stories and I can't have a whole lot of characters. I got to keep track of cause I, my brain is very limited. So I, and really enjoyed, I have to say, I, I really enjoyed Knives Out. I saw it maybe two or three times in defense of Ryan Johnson, uh, who was, I think, just brutally uh, slaughtered when it came to the movie he came off of uh, prior to this one, which was Star Wars The Last Jedi. And we can we, we can make like a little sub talk about that after our little review, if you want. But I... Um, 
I I like Ryan Johnson as a writer. I really loved Looper. I really like um I I like uh The Last Jedi. Um there's some things that I don't like about it, but regardless, um so it was really nice to see him. I kind of felt like he was so beat up um in the press and on social um media uh, for Last Jedi, and I thought, man, this this guy's never going to make a film again. So when announcing, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, I thought, oh, good for him. You know, he's not he's not letting people, you know, uh, tear him down. So I went into this with a with Knives Out with it with a, a positive outlook for him, and I thought it was done really well. And it was like he wasn't trying to say, look, I can write a good story or I can, I can do things that aren't Star Wars. He wasn't doing, he didn't care. He just did this, this movie and it was so nutty and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't what I was expecting. It was a really, really twisty story. And the way it ends is not at all how I expected. Like I did not know that that character was the one who done it. And I, I loved it. So going into Glass Onion, I was expecting the same kind of thing. I was on guard looking for, okay, how is he going to play Twisty Twisty with me here? And it turns out that the one that you suspect is the guy who who done it. I mean, it's not obvious, but you just suspect him. I did at least. So did my son, my uh, 13-year-old son. He suspected that he was the bad guy. And as an as the movie plays out guess what he is he is and i didn't feel twisted i went i didn't feel like i went down a really twisty path i mean there's interesting things that happen in in this film i mean and the you know the characters are interesting um the scenery is interesting it's, it's fantastic i mean the the uh the shots at the end are just amazing at what's going on but I just wasn't impressed with the story. I'm really disappointed. And I guess if my thoughts are, if this movie came out after Last Jedi, I would be like, Ryan, hang it up, man. What is, this is not a twisty movie. It's not a, a very good whodunit. It's more of like, who told you to do this movie? That's what it would be called. Not a whodunit, but a who told you. Um, but you would have never figured out this whole subplot with the no twins. no no but I, I, I knew right off the bat that he was the killer i mean did you uh i kind of thought that that was sort of the least important part to ryan johnson i think i, I felt like that was the least important part of the plot to him i think you're supposed to kind of know what i think it's more of a why sort of deal was the mystery Hmm. Like why there are murders, why that, why these people were, you know, what, why would they, why would he do it? You know, that was kind of more of the thing I thought. Well, I, I don't know. I guess when I go into a whodunit, I do think that it's more of like who committed the crime. Um, and if maybe then I went in with the wrong <laughs> objective, but I mean, if, I, you, if you come at it from like, just looking at the, what you got in front of you on paper, I think it's fairly obvious. He's the bad guy. They, they make him to be kind of goofy, but like, there's no one else that would really do it. I mean, none of the, you've seen all these other characters come from not there. So you kind of know, I mean, to me, it was obvious that he was the killer or not obvious, but relatively obvious. He was the killer, but untangling the puzzle box of why this all went down was more of the point. It was more of a puzzle. It was more of a puzzle box than it was a, you know, like a whodunit mystery straight up. Well, I didn't take it that way. I thought that I went in there thinking, okay, we are making it seem like Edward Norton is the bad guy because he's the rich guy. And, and because him and uh, Janelle, is that her name? Janelle. Um, Janelle Monet. Janelle, they had they had a falling out in the beginning, but yeah, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it obvious that he's that he literally killed her sister. I mean, are we supposed to be okay with that going in? I thought, okay, we're making it seem like it's that way, but with all these different characters and with all their different you know um, associations with uh, this Janelle character in the past, we're going to find out who the real killer is. That's what I thought was going on in the movie. 
I mean, yes, there was all these like this reason, this story, that thing, this thing. But I really thought the story was who done it. And I was like, okay, you got me. I'm I'm curious to see who who was actually the murderer. That's Edward Norton. Ah, so yeah, I I, I think that we're just coming at it from different ends. Like I sort yeah. of thought it was obvious, but so here's a good another thing about that movie. Well, first of all, I thought there was some. I'm kind of with you, but here, here's my thing. I, I'm kind of with you on the glass onion, glass onion, knives out, uh, or sorry, knives out, and then glass onion thing. Mm-hmm. Because when I saw when I saw knives out, I thought, oh, this is like a thing. This is really cool, very cinematic, very you know. But when I saw glass onion, and I knew it would be like this, it had that. And I'm not going to use this word. I don't mean this to sound as bad as it sounds, but it had that stink of Netflix movie to it. Oh, it just had that. There's like that quality ceiling that Netflix movies generally have a little bit lower of a kind of a. It doesn't feel all the way baked. Like all the performances don't really come together. Yeah, all the stuff. It just a little bit of a like. It reminds me of like Red Notice or something where it's kind of like. Kind of good, but kind of not. And I just feel it has that Netflixy kind of. I don't know if it's rushed or what. Whatever Netflix movies do, whatever it is, it just had that kind of vibe to it a little more than the first one, which I thought was pretty lights out. Which so. you have to admit, though, with with those comments, at least, or, may, or maybe you won't admit, like Netflix Netflix produced films have a much higher quality than, say, like a standard TV made for TV movie. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, as far as movie production goes, you know, you can just tell when you see the handful of big, you know, the most recent, like, Netflix movies, that they're just kind of not quite all the way chips in, pushed to the middle of the table, Hollywood quality. And I just kind of feel like part of it's the writing, part of it's the execution, I mean, now they do make great stuff and they've made some stuff that's like completely lights out. I'm not saying that's all of their stuff is like that, but I just kind of feel like it had that. I just think last night it had that kind of like, if I were to watch that movie and not know it was made by Netflix, I would pretty much be able to guess that it was. I was going to just ask you that. Cause it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I totally agree with you on that, but that's okay. Cause we can disagree. That is what this is all about. Not always agreeing. So I think that like there were some really good performances. I think Daniel Craig is like a you know a national uh, worldwide treasure. I just love that guy. I love uh, his character. I think that I would really though. That's the bottom line of this thing is I would watch all of these movies because of him. Yeah, he, he's because great. he's and it's, he's such a like a one eighty like uh, character from like james bond you know just and he's just great at doing that hercule poirot kind of yeah. like colombo sort of like unraveling the problems he's just really good at it and he kind of yeah. does some of it in real time some of it he kind of goes in knowing and that that to me is like a great thing uh i thought janelle monet was super good in this um she's been in a lot of really big movies like moonlight and um uh, i just thought that that in this she was really like played two parts and I thought she did it really well. And she has like an intensity to her. Cause she's a musician too. And I think she's got that like intensity to her. That was pretty cool. Um, so th- that brings me to the, the, one of the other things uh, is uh, Edward Norton. Uh, and the, the vi- Edward Norton in this movie does that Edward Norton thing that he kind of started doing in primal fear, which is where he sort of like, flips a switch and goes from dopey guy to evil guy. Uh-huh. And I think he's probably the best in the biz at doing that when he can just shift gears really quick. Like in, in, in uh, primal fear uh, with Richard Gere, he plays uh-huh. like this guy who's like accused of a murder and you think he didn't do it. And then at the very last second, spoiler alert, you find out that he, in fact did do it and he um, and he that is a big switch i mean like yeah he, like like switches to of course i did it you know that kind of thing and he sort of does that here there's a scene in glass onion where he kind of gets cornered as the dopey uh character you know the miles Braun character kind of gets cornered and he just sort of flips that switch and is like you got me i am a total evil bastard you know <laughs> and uh and it was, I thought it was pretty cool. So, 
Yeah. So, all right. So to give like, we don't really review, we don't put like a star or rating on it, but uh, I guess what we've asked before, would you see it again? Would you recommend it? Uh, I, you know, it was fine. I had fun. I keep, I, I keep going to this every time we review a movie. It was fine. Like, you know, but uh, it was good. I mean, my mom really liked it. So if that gives you an idea of the, you know, the demo, uh, the demographic for it, um, I thought it was fun. Uh, I I kind of instantly forgot it after I got done watching it, but it was a fun way to, when it came out on Netflix, it was like negative 30 degrees here. So I couldn't really go anywhere. So it was kind of fun to, it was good to have something fun to do. Uh, came out at a good time. Uh, what do you, what do you make it? Well, what did you think overall? Just quickly. Uh, again, I, it was, it was, it was okay. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it to someone because I had, like I said, I had a different, uh, I, I went into it expecting a different kind of outcome. So, but I mean, it was fun. I mean, I, I there's, it was a fun movie. Yeah, I, I can say that. I wouldn't, but I probably wouldn't see it again, ever. So. What do you? What is your take on the whole Netflix uh, Hollywood? Like the whole Netflix movies not being in theaters and kind of like they put it out for like a week is like a stunt. But I mean, yeah. basically like people are kind of like having funerals for the theater industry, you know, in, at large. What do you, th- what do you think about that? I am quite vocal on the subject. Actually. I think mo- movie theaters are going to become very soon more of a thing of nostalgia. And if they're not already there, like the people that go see movies in movie theaters are holding on to this, this thing that you only see new releases on a big screen and all right. I have an 85 inch television. So, (laughs) and you know, a nice surround sound and, and nice comfortable seats to watch a movie in. And so I personally would much rather watch a film in my living room than at a, a theater. I'm always, I'm almost, you know, when COVID, uh, happened and, uh, uh, apps like uh, um, HBO Max said we're going to be the ones that are going to be debuting, you know, movies. You know, before we're bringing movies to you at home because you're stuck at home with the yeah, rest of the world. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, God, finally, someone's been listening. You know, um, I thought, great, this is this is what I want. I want movies to first run in my house. I don't want to pay fifty dollars to see them like they were first starting to do. Like I want to see them now. I'm paying for these apps. I want to see them, and I think the theater experience has become filled with a bunch of rude people. People talk, they're on their phone. Um, they're noisy. They crunch their popcorn so loud and, and they don't care. People are rude. They're not in my house. They're not allowed to be rude. Um, when I'm watching a movie in my house, like stop, I can go to a movie theater and listen to people talk. Um, Sounds so fun, I, Todd. What's that? Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> really? Getting browbeaten yeah, at Todd's exactly. house. Shut up. I had some popcorn watching a yeah. movie. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, you know. But you can pause it, you know, the, the, you can go yeah. to the bathroom, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of am in the same way. I think there there's like a multifaceted thing going on here where you've got the Hollywood studios during lockdown and pandemic were like, well, we have all these movies. We've got to get into the world and into the, you know, into the culture so we're going to stream them to you. Now, this is how we're going to short term fix this. We're going to start streaming stuff. And, you know, uh, at the same time, you know, when movies now are back, finger quotations, now that now that movies are back, the problem I think that they're having is that a lot of people in the older age age bracket that would go see something like the Fablemans or whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't want to go to a theater. They just want to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. If you got a big family, you don't want to take it to a kid's thing. Cause you got to spend how many for a ticket when everyone yeah. can just watch it streaming and exactly. eat popcorn at home. And, you uh, know, the other 40, thing, 50 bucks for a family of yeah, four at least man. Yeah. And you know, and the other thing that they've got going against them is that the movies that are going into theaters, like the big tent pole movies, in the last two years have been trash. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been any good ones. Yeah. And I don't mean any, but I mean like most of them, and even the reviews are bad. So yeah. like, if it was like Endgame came out now, people would be like, I'm back, but there hasn't been anything like that. A big event movie 
that has held up that's been good even that spider-man movie that came out was just fine and now people forgot about it because it's not that great and (laughs) it's well i like it it's fine but no but people are still talking about endgame as one of the best movies of the century whereas no one talks about that star that spider-man movie and I just think that they're having an issue of no one wants you've trained us you've trained people to stay home and watch your movies and you're not putting any in the theaters that's bringing people out and it'll be an it'll be in streaming in four weeks you know so i mean why why go to the theater and do everything that you're talking about you know the idea being that like you know you have to come for the big experience but you know when you have everyone also at the same time is getting bigger tvs like you said you know better stereo systems so as much as I hate to think, because my childhood was based living in movie theaters. Mine I too. loved it. Mine too. I spent all summer just up, oh, go to a movie, go to another movie, yep. go, you know, go see three in a day, whatever. Yep. But now I just feel like I can knock out three new releases. I mean, I think every movie we've talked about on our show, save for the Fablemans, I've streamed, you know, and they're new. They're all, you know. Yeah. The, so, uh, we, you know, just a quick story on like the theater experience. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing the theater experience as an overall like bad thing. Cause I think at one time it was a great thing. It was for our younger, younger listeners out there. Um, you know, movie theaters would hold on to a movie for months, months and months and months. Star Wars I mean, played in Toledo or the original one when I was a little kid for over a year. I think it was two years actually. Yeah. There you go. So, and, and again, it had as, as younger ones, maybe possibly listening to this movie, movies would travel They're within not, a city. It's just, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. There's nobody. Oh, you're giving me a spoiler. Yeah. Movies used to travel within a city. So you'd start off at the big, the big giant screen Cineplex Cineplex. And then it went down to like the AMCs. And then it went down to the little theater, you know, down at the end of the street. And so a, a movie could be running for a long time, but now, Four weeks we from screen to stream, we've got the film. So, you know, and I remember one time, one of my favorite movie experiences, um, even though, you know, I saw Star Wars and, and a lot of the big, you know, blockbuster films at the time in the in the 70s and 80s. Um, one of my all time favorite experiences was seeing the movie Tremors. And I saw it like at an AMC and the movie had ran a zillion times at this at this point. But I saw it in a jam packed theater for the very first time at an AMC. Never saw it at the showcase cinema. Uh, it just didn't interest me. But I thought, OK, I'll go see it. There were people screaming and yelling and cheering and yeah. laughing. And it was the one of the most fun theater experiences I've ever had. And so well, those days have come and gone. And see, and I think that's why horror movies still play in theaters. And I don't mean play like we get released. I think that's why they actually have success. Like Nope had success in theaters, I think, because it's more of a communal experience than, you know, I mean, now granted, some of these superhero movies are supposed to be, but they're just not as good. And, uh, you know, so it's like the horror genre seems to be the one thing that's like getting people into the theaters for at least a short time. And I think that's like hitting on what you said. It's like this communal experience. You know, everyone's not gathering together to watch, you know, the menu or whatever. It's just not. So I don't know. I I don't know if there's ever going to be an answer. I do fear that theaters will eventually be only the place to see Marvel and Star Wars movies, which that may not even be a thing anymore. Are there Star Wars movies? Question mark. I don't know. But so, yeah, I think, you know, it's yet to be determined how things are going to unfold. But I do fear that the theater may go the way of the uh, dodo, as they say, because I, I don't see a way forward that doesn't include more people just staying home and watching movies at home. Yeah, you know, because I, I did see Nope, uh, the movie Nope in the theater. I think that was the last uh, movie that I saw in the theater. I love Jordan Peele's movies, um, and that may be one that we should review yes we Uh, should because i i would love to know your thoughts on that movie that movie to me was like i don't want to get into it we're we're gonna get sidetracked but it was a lot to there's a lot to unpack with that movie and that and that that movie though what i was getting at is that i think it had some really really good marketing you know to really like get you into the theater and it uh jay jordan peele has had like a, a nice 
a succession of, uh, you know, good films. He's, I mean, he's, he's been able to put out some really good products. So I was really expecting a lot of people to go see this movie and it didn't do that well. I mean, I don't know what the box office numbers were, but I mean, there was a lot of people that still didn't even know what the movie was. Yeah. And it did better than, I mean, think about this. There's a Steven Spielberg movie out there in the world right now in theaters that has done like $15 million. I mean, that is, that's unreal. That's like the catering budget budget for a week. That's obscene. That's bananas. That's obscene. Yeah, I mean, I even regardless of what the movie is, you'd think just putting Spielberg's name on it would sell something. But clearly, people are like you said, waiting to check it out at home or just don't care. So, unfortunately, yeah, that's a bummer. But let's move on from there. Well, wait, wait. One last thing that we kind of said we'd circle back on, and that was the uh, the topic of. You know, The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson's yes. Star Wars. Um, what did you think of that? I mean, first of all, what, you, what I mentioned was how he was dragged through the mud and all that kind of stuff. And then he came out victorious with um, Knives Out. But what did you do? You remember all that stuff? All the oh, media yeah, of that course, talks about? Of course. What did you I, think I still. It? Well, OK, so here's the deal. I think that Ryan Johnson is super punk rock. And I think he is his whole thing is very much like burn down the past as witnessed in Glass Onion by burning the Mona Lisa, I think. <laughs> pretty yeah. un, pretty not too thinly, pretty not too thinly veiled thing there. And I think that is the same uh the same kind of like thrust and main idea of The Last Jedi is that burn it. This isn't like, you know, burn the temples, burn everything. Like you don't you don't have to stick to the you know, the dogmas that you're used to and all this kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's what really rubbed people the wrong way about that movie. Uh-huh. But what's funny is that's the only way forward to me to make star Wars viable was to do it that way. And then you get, then you get the rise of Skywalker, which is just nonsense. <laughs> Thank you, Tony uh, Gilroy for, you know, making the best star Wars thing ever and letting us advance the ball down the field a little bit as it was passed to you from Ryan Johnson, because I think Ryan Johnson's last Jedi idea was perfect. It was like, how do we escape this, the shackles of, of yeah. the Skywalker wizard family nonsense, mm-hmm. not nonsense. I love star yeah, Wars, but sure. I mean like, you know, and, and move it, move the ball forward. Cause all the fans from the original movies are our age and the kids don't care. They just want to see star Wars stuff. That's kids love the original prequels now. So, um yeah so to answer your question uh i i'm i think that movie's great i love it it's really weird it's got some weird ideas but i think it was super fun to watch i thought i i liked the movie too i mean i in in repeated viewings i've really got to appreciate the genius writing that uh ryan johnson did i mean he 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 brought up a thought kind of a sketchy thought in the beginning of the movie and then it really kind of like solidifies um at the end and literally everything that he kind of brought up was this huge bridge that really made sense he kind of literally bookended his his ideas um in that film and like you said he did open up the door for them to do different things rather than the typical skywalker lightsabers the force only, you know, yep. has only got so much she can do with. Um, that's one thing that I've have said about Star Wars. As much as I love it, it's very limited in what goes on in a story, and it needs to be opened up. So, yes, I mean, a show like um, Andor, um, even Mandalorian, opens up different directions for the Star Wars universe to kind of live and breathe. Um, and I thought Ryan Johnson did really well, but it was not taken well. They didn't like the no. idea of no, Luke no, Skywalker no, no. dying and Luke Skywalker looks wimpy. And it's like it, it was revealed later. He did it very stealthily. I don't know if you saw this, but all the ideas that were brought up in that film were not his. They were taken from manuscripts that Lucas had put together. And so you just, but you can't tell people that, you know, it's like, these yeah. are ideas that Lucas. Star killer. This was back in the star killer days. Yeah. 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 And they just, uh, I think star Wars fans are some of the worst 
fans out there because they're just not very fair. They like to like bicker and complain about every freaking thing on the planet. It used to, they didn't like, um, you know, they didn't like the prequels. They, they, George Lucas killed my, um, my childhood. And then, then when we came over to, um, the, the sequel trilogy, it's like, oh, yay, JJ Abrams is saving the thing. And then for like um, three or four seconds, everybody was happy with Star Wars, The New Awakens. And then the trolls come out and start tearing it apart and it's killing just, it and it's ripping it. a new it. hope rehashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then they, you know, they say, oh, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, killed Star Wars and, and, and Disney killed Star Wars. And before that, it was Jar Jar killed Star Wars. And I mean, it just doesn't freaking end with Star Wars fans. I am a huge Star Wars fan and I, love this world that still exists after 40 some years. I mean, I, I cannot believe that Star Wars is still a viable commodity and it's relevant and people are talking about it. And my 13 year old and my, my granddaughter, uh, I do have a granddaughter. Um, I, she, she even likes aspects of Star Wars and to think all these generations kind of have come together and it's one thing that we all can kind of sit down and enjoy is is a star wars uh show or movie or whatever and i don't love everything star wars i don't like any of the cartoons and everything um but i love that there's something for everybody out there and as much as people hated the prequels that they uh when they came out um they love them now you know, yeah, they're, they're back to being loved again. Yeah, yeah. they love them, and they're, oh, and and they're doing the same again. hate for the uh, sequels that they did the prequels. And you know what? There's going to be people that are going to wrap their arms around the sequels, and they're going to love them, and they're going to make a big deal about them later. And it's that's okay. It, it, Rise of Skywalker, um, not my favorite, but it's a fun film. There's, I mean, oh no, it's not a fun film. It is a slog. It is terrible. That I like. I actually. I like it, but I, it's my goodness. The How story is a mess. Man. The story is a mess. Hashtag not my Star Wars. <laughs> oh, great. There you go. Get off my lawn. Um, we should have we a should do a Star Wars discussion in yeah, general. The state of the would union be fun. of Star Wars. We'll table this for now because I like yeah. I like putting up the Dukes on this. And don't get me wrong. I'm not like the hugest. I even hate the title of the film Rise of Skywalker. It's the dumbest name to give so any let me let me just let me just say this like like when i saw that movie i was i felt so i felt so i don't want to say betrayed because i'm not that picking of that personally but i was just like what the hell is that the last thing and that is the last movie that's been in theaters star wars stuff i mean is there going to even be another one because they've clearly shifted to television and it's like there's still rumors there's still rumors of a Ryan Johnson um, trilogy. And it's still still out there. That would I would happily take that, but we'll I, see. I would too. Despite I know it's going to be like the biggest fight in the world, but I would take maybe, it too. Maybe and maybe not though, because I feel like like you said, history and like Star Wars fans are can be terrible but they're also very short memory span so they'll be like i hate the prequels oh, i love the prequels <laughs> you know like yeah. like okay what what's going on there uh i hate rogue one i love rogue one you know I, it's like I, know, okay. I don't understand i don't i hate solo and then Solo is one of the greatest movies. i love solo myself Me too. Like, I, I think Me too. Solo I that was great great film but let's and, let's table that discussion because yeah that sounds like something we should organize and orchestrate and really have a nice discussion a, a great right. star wars uh right. episode all right so, it's time for me to it's time for me to head out to my corner here, sir. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to get out of my corner here real quick and get back to the world of television where I belong uh, and talk to you about a show I uh, was tipped off to by another podcast that I love. Uh, and I know we always love to talk about other shows on our show, but uh this show is a show on epics and it's a co-pro with the bbc okay it's called sas rogue heroes Mm. dude it is the greatest television show 
I can say without hyperbole, it is the greatest television show I have ever seen in my entire life. Why? No, because you you did your top five shows I, a couple I episodes ago, and how does how does this differ from from that? What's so, so great about this? So imagine if what's it called wait, again? I'm, I want to look it up while you're talking about it. SAS Rogue Heroes, okay. and basically the plot of the uh, of the show it's a it's based on real events and real people. Uh, one of them being uh, David Sterling, who uh, the character, uh, the, the the actual human being was named David Sterling, played by Connor uh, Swindles. Uh, the idea of the show is that in World War II, the, um, the English army was in Africa protecting the Suez Canal from the Nazis, because if the Nazis got the Suez Canal, they would get Africa. And if they got Africa, the world was over, uh, you know, as far as we know it, without Nazis taking over. So there's a lot of movies centered and a lot of like, you know, old movies centered around like Africa and like Morocco and all that stuff during World War II. So it's basically the idea of the formation of the SAS, uh, the Special Air Service and how it came to be. And I, it's all based on real stuff. Um, the characters, the, the, the actual, the historic figures are David Sterling, uh, Jock Lewis and Patty Wayne, uh, sorry, Patty Maine, uh, played by Connor Swindles, Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones, okay. as you may know him. Yeah. And um, I'm Jack O'Connell, who I think Jack O'Connell is amazing. I love this guy so much. If you ever saw Dark Water, it's, he's or uh, north water sorry he's amazing but hmm. um so this show rules imagine if you took like uh if you took inglorious bastards and mixed it with like you know, like a uh, bridge over the river choir or something it's super stylized uh pretty historically accurate very like uh very raw lots of like kind of intense violence kind of not sugarcoating the war at all a lot of boozing a lot of carousing uh it's it's just it's so good because it's just these guys causing havoc against the nazis all over the deserts you know they're kind of running away from rommel and blowing up his stuff and it's just it's it's super stylized with lots of graphics that are really cool like you know the graphics will pop up like these like stencils will come up and explain who the characters are oh. and um I just super, I love it. It's just great. It's a six part season and I believe there's going to be another one, but I really think everyone who's into any kind of Tarantino esque historical stuff would completely eat this stuff up. The hard part about it is it's on epics, which no one knows if they have or not. Yeah. <laughs> and no one knows, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out. I just downloaded the epics app and got it, but um, it's great. Highly recommend, and I think Connor Swindles, who made, who's kind of the main star of it, um, pretty unfamiliar to most people, is like super great leading man. Hmm. So I just I really really like it a lot. The sound design is amazing. the 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 costume design is lights out, but the acting is what really carries it. Because uh, I mean, based on a real story, I mean the plot just re literally sells itself. So um, super fascinating. You know, if you like any kind of those World War Two uh, movies mixed with the kind of a Tarantino style, uh, I think you, I think people would dig uh, SAS Rogue Heroes. Okay, well, I mean, you make it sound very compelling, but you make all your TV shows sound very compelling. It's great, and there. Well, I watch good stuff, man. I can't keep up with all the number of shows that you like. I, I don't know how you do it. Well, back to our discussion. I watch everything on my laptop and my iPad, so. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's that's the that's how the weather is in my neighborhood. What's happening on your corner, homie? All right. Well, uh, on my corner this week, I thought I'd do something a little different. We haven't done yet. Um, I thought you did a top five uh, last couple podcasts ago about your top five TV shows. I thought I would do a top five. But it's going to be an unusual one. It's going to be top five favorite movie taglines. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So, like a bunch just jumped in my head. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of runners up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the tagline and then 
Um, you tell me. You try to guess and see if you remember what it's from. So okay, I have two. Right, ru- be good. I, I have two runner-ups. One, I've got some for you as well. Just popped in my head. Right. So let's go. Okay, but I get to go first. I get to do my top five. Then you. Yes, yeah, this uh, is your thing. Yeah, this is your right. corner. So, I'm just visiting. Um, this one may be a little easy, uh, but I, but I think it's I think it's a great I think it's a really cool tagline. Um, but again, it's a it's a runner-up. Um, an adventure sixty-five million years in the making. Uh, is that Jurassic Park? Yes, the original one. I, yeah, it's, such, it's a, a nice leading tagline. You know, it's like I remember when that movie came out. Um, all you had was the dinosaur skull, and you knew nothing about it. They they were very good at not today's teasers and 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 trailers are horrible. They give you they give you everything, and like you know what the movie is, you know who the bad guy is, you know how it ends. Yeah, it's like you every know, preview is like a supercut of the movie. It's terrible. And it's like, I'm, it's done. Yeah, I get when, you. When those trailers came out, they gave you very, very little, and I loved it. So another one is uh, Whoever Wins, We Lose. Uh, that is, is that Independence Day? No, nope. Damn. That's a I don't good know. guess, though. What uh, is it? Alien versus Predator. Not a very oh, good movie, yeah. but the tagline is so good. It's so like, wow, what, is, what does that mean? Um, yeah. Um, and that's one thing I actually don't like about the film is because there's no, uh, there's, you don't know who to root for, <laughs> you know, it's that like, that movie is straight up like <laughs> dumb popcorn. Don't even, you're just, yeah, you, you time, can't think about it. You just, yeah. So, all right. So starting with number five, those were the runner ups. Number five, be afraid, be very afraid. Uh, damn. Is that Halloween? No. No, I know it, but I can't. What is it? The Fly with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Um, Damn it! Yes, um, that's a line that he says in the movie, and I think it's a really great tagline. I mean, without knowing the movie, be afraid, be very afraid. That's that's good hook. That's scary. So, all right, um, this is going to be an easy one for me and you. Um, you will believe a man can fly. Is it Superman? Yeah, the original Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good simple um and what i liked about it was it it was actually focusing on the special effects you know that 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 tagline wasn't like helping you uh, draw attention to the story it was it was say you're going to be blown away by our special effects and i think it's kind of unique because that's that's unusual so that might be the prototypical like superhero movie but anyway oh, go ahead. it is no doubt no doubt um we are not alone uh that is close encounters yes yeah um Hell yeah that combined with the poster that they had um you know it was the the street with kind of like the foggy light at the end of the street which has nothing to do with the film whatsoever i really know but it was very mysterious looking and that poster along with that tagline said what are we <laughs> What, what is so this film let's about? let's digress real quick and we don't have to go too far you yeah. are a maniac for that movie and you even went and like searched out spots of that movie haven't you i have visited almost every movie location uh for that film yes that is I, the greatest that is why we are that's why i'm <laughs> proud to call you a friend that is awesome that i can go into sometimes i, I love that movie so much Hell yeah. it's uh and i and it was l- almost like a religious experience going up to roy neary's home i got very emotional it was like very yeah. um it was so cool uh and, Bear, and little little barry and and julian that, that lived in that house um, Toys. ah very 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 emotional um Kind of weird, but um, okay. This is always a good one because this stumps a lot of people. Are you ready? Go. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the water. Uh, is it Jaws? No. Is it Piranha? No. I don't know. You were close. It's Jaws 2. That's what's so... <laughs> It's Jaws 2, though. Everyone thinks it's Jaws, and it sounds like it would be. I guess it, well, I mean, you wouldn't really think it's safe to get back in the water if you hadn't seen the first Jaws yet, so that makes sense. Yeah. I, I just always thought the That's a good hook, so, though. It's, it's great, because no it's pun like, intended. Uh, cause I don't even remember, what was the one for Jaws? It was like, 
I don't think it even had it was, a it was uh, in space. No one can hear you scream. That's what it is. No. So that is actually my last one. Damn it. In space. No one can hear you scream. The greatest tagline of all time. If not yes. the that line itself sends chills down your spine without even seeing the movie. That image of being in space and screaming and no one can hear you. The movie, of course, is. That would be um, E.T. <laughs> no, it's it's it's, uh, it's um, Wally. Wow, we're no, going it, for the comedy. It, it, uh, we're going for the comedy circuit on this one. It is yes. It's probably my favorite. Might be my favorite horror movie. It is Alien. Alien, and I got to see. I never saw Alien in the theater when I was a kid, but I got to see it for its 40th anniversary during COVID. Dude, I've seen that movie probably as much as I've seen Star Wars. And in the theater, I noticed things I had never seen before. It was so the, great. The, the set design of that movie, nothing, the, there's been no, I've never seen a movie that gives you more claustrophobia and angst and like, you're just, everything about that movie is brilliant. And that brings up a, another interesting topic of a lot of people don't consider that a horror movie. They consider it a sci-fi classic or whatever, but. No, it's a horror movie. It's, 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 um. It it actually had the tagline when they when they re-released it as um, I think the greatest horror movie ever made, and I believe that because um, it has that perfect dark ride mentality. You go into this movie and you have no idea what you're going to see. It turns here, it turns there. You don't know what's around the corner. It's it's a monster in a house, right? And you don't know where it is. And yeah. the house is dark and, and in space and it, like the size of four yeah. phone booths. And yeah. you don't know what it is. I remember when I was a kid, the first time I saw it was on Showtime. So we didn't see it in the theater, but we saw it on Showtime. And Me when too. it came, when it came, really? Yeah. And when it came out or when I was watching it, I was so petrified, even though I knew the whole story. I had bought Cracked Magazine. Remember Cracked Magazine? It had like a, I had a guide on how you can get through the movie without grossing yourself out. You know, it's a funny thing, but I knew the whole story from, from this cracked magazine and, but I still loved it. I loved everything about it. It just felt so sterile at times. And then, you know, the dripping waters uh, in like the kind of the hangar area and the planet, of course, and just everything about that film is just so eerie and creepy, and I love it. I think it's one of the best horror movies in, in my in my little limited world of horror movies. So, well, cool corner, man. That was great. It was fun. So uh, that wraps it up for this episode of the Media Tavern. Great job, buddy. I think next week, uh, <laughs> let's no, 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 no. Let's not tell them what we're doing next week. Let's, okay. Yeah, let's. Uh, I don't know. That's my my. That's my thought. Let's just let let them tune in. I mean, uh, yeah, because I, th I think they'll love it. All right, man. Well, that sounds good to me. Uh, and uh, for Todd Stanton, I'm Eric Oblander, and uh, we'll see you next time in the Media Tavern, y'all. Thanks for stopping in. Thanks again.